Next on BYU Sports Nation, a 10-win BYU football season for the first time in six years. ESPN has joined the projection party with Vegas. Kind of. BYU's chances to end that six-game losing streak to Utah get an FBI boost. What does that even mean? And former BYU basketball great Jonathan Tabernari joins us live, unfiltered on the current state of BYU hoops and matching up with Eric Mika in Italy. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. The party's here on the west side. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Friday, July 21st, wherever and however you're dialed in. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who loves movie spoilers, Jerem Jordan. Oh, they're my favorite. Uh, Also, yeah, I need to see Dunkirk ASAP. I think I'm going to see it Tuesday. This is the last Friday without BYU football practicing until finals week in December for those guys. That's a wonderful fact. That is a wonderful fact. Maybe the bye week. Yeah, sing it, Motab. Well, and a huge Friday show today. An NFL Hall of Famer requesting something from Jamal Williams. Mm. Marcus Allen. What did he ask for from Jay Swag Daddy? Our BYU football position group previews continue with the special teams. It's gonna be it's gonna be a big show. Not to mention Jonathan Tabernacle. Big show, yeah. J- JT for three. He's always opinionated. Is he still mad about Eric Mika leaving? Is he still mad? Because he's going to play Eric Mika in the regular season multiple times. Multiple. So that's times. gonna be fun. Yeah, I can't wait to talk to uh, JT. It's gonna be great. Yeah, I can't wait for that uh, Dinamo Sassari and VL Passetto matchup. What? I just want some more cheese I'm in like, Serie A saying, man. of what? the Italian basketball Gelato, league. Please, yes. <laughs> It's also a big Friday in the great state of Iowa. BYU 50 hits the Midwest once again. Which, Jerem, brings us to another unforgettable, forgettable moment in BYU history. The scene of the crime, Jack Murphy Stadium in San Diego in the 1991 Holiday Bowl. WAC champion BYU played 7th-ranked Iowa in Ty Detmer's final game as a Cougar. Detmer threw for 350 yards, the Iowa Hawkeyes... Led 13 to nothing, but Brigham's boys rallied to tie the game at 13. Detmer threw an interception to end the game, and that's how it ended. A tie for tie. <laughs> it capped off an 8-3-2 record and a number 23 national ranking. And that is another unforgettable, forgettable moment in BYU history. <laughs> I, we, the grayscale highlight. That's, that's the debut of the unforgettable, forgettable... Uh, Moments yes. in BYU history. Yes, it's it's like the wartime update before yeah. you go watch the yeah. movie. I joke on that. Uh, I was ranked seventh BYU ties. Iowa. A tie stinks, but that year, tie, tied twice. Eight, three, and two. That was the year also that I went to my first BYU football game. It was at the Rose Bowl against UCLA. Wow. And BYU lost that game. BYU One of the three losses. Oh and three, Jerem, right? I believe so. They started 0 and three. And then they played like one eight games in a row. State and Penn State and UCLA. It was really yes. hard. One eight games in a row. And then tied the last two, right? Yeah. The 52 52 tie against San Diego State. Incredible comeback. Or the whack title. Down 45 to that 17 or whatever it was. Yeah. And then a 13 13 tie. There you go. So we'll have some more unforgettable, forgettable moments in BYU history. <laughs> in the so future. solid. Brigham's boys rallied to tie the game. 
Uh, some people have weighed in on some forgettable moments they want seen. Uh, it tied into the Iowa thing with BYU 50, so we'll, <laughs> we'll figure out how to do it later. Bring on the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headline. Arizona Cardinal linebacker Alani Pua reports for training camp today. Meanwhile, in Cleveland, the Browns' rookies, including Kai Nakua, report this weekend on Sunday. Zach Blair and Daniel Summerhays are in the second round of the Barbasol Championship. Zach is currently six under through 11 holes, tied for sixth place. Very nice. Daniel Summerhays currently five under through 11 holes, tied for 16th, so both top 20. You can still win some really good coin and not be playing in the Open Championship. That's right. This weekend. Yeah. Good luck to Zach and Daniel. Kendra Dalton won the 2017 Utah Golf Association Women's Stroke Play Championship shooting a 70 and a 74. Solid. Fellow Cougar Rose Huang, former Mountain West Conference, excuse me, West Coast Conference Player of the Year and Freshman of the Year, took second place, just one stroke behind her teammate Dalton. And women's basketball announces the addition of grad transfer Malia Nawahine, a grad transfer from Utah, who's eligible to play in the 2017-18 season. She averages nine nine points per game last year. Yeah, that's a good pickup for Jeff Judkins' squad. A defector. To the program. Very nice. A graduate transfer yeah. from Utah. I know BYU is excited about BYU. it. I mean, yeah. They, uh, they've been excited about the, the possibility of her addition. Now here she is. Hey, that's plenty of reason with the defector in mind. To rise, rise and shout. <laughs> Time for What's Trending brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Taking names and kicking some streaks. The number of the day, Jerem. Is six. It's been uh, six years since BYU football won 10-plus games in a season. Six also happens to be the very number of consecutive times BYU Blue has fallen to Utah Red in a heated, yet recently one-sided football rivalry. Okay, settle down, Debbie Downer, right? Here's where things begin wah, to look up wah. for BYU fans. <laughs> Not only are Vegas oddsmakers projecting 10 wins for BYU football in the regular season – including a win over Utah in early September, ESPN's Football Power Index, their number crunchers, have joined the projection party. Kind of. The worldwide leader has BYU as solid favorites to win 10 games, including a notable increase in the chances of beating, you guessed it, Utah. But why? And what does that even really mean, Jerem? And that's our Twitter question today. How do projections from the FPI in Vegas affect your expectations for BYU football this season? Use the hashtag BYUSN at LaserSheep. It doesn't affect my expectations this season. Our starting quarterback and running back are gone, along with other impact players. Only games will tell. Isn't that interesting? Yes, the starting quarterback is gone, but the starting quarterback from the year before (laughs) is back. Yeah. So, in a way, the starting quarterback is back. And if Tanner Mangum wasn't back for some reason, if, you know, he hadn't had the 2015 season or something, you know, it'd be a little different. It'd feel a little different. Instead, there's some confidence he's going to pick up from 2015 in some way. Has this changed your opinion? Has this affected you? Have Vegas and now the FBI made you think, well, okay, I'm I'm feeling a little bit better about BYU winning 10 games for the first time in six years. No, uh, but it makes me question it. It doesn't make – yeah. It makes me question because 9-4 and four is the number I come up with. I think there are some hard games there that are sneaky. At East Carolina the week after at Mississippi State. At Hawaii is tricky. Can you go 2-3 and three in the Furious Five? 
Do you slip up on that back six at all? You hope not. East Carolina and Hawaii, one of them. It makes me think, why, yeah, why are they saying 10 wins? But, but I look at some of the inexperience at certain positions, and nine just feels like the number that's going to happen in the regular season, which I think would be a good number. And let's clarify, Vegas odds makers have set the over-under win total for BYU in the regular season at 10. And that feels one game high. ESPN. Nine and a half would be my number. Has BYU favored in 10 games, but they project the Cougars essentially at nine wins. It's 8.8, which is one of the top 25 win totals of all college football teams in America. Projected. Projected. Yeah. Obviously, there will be more than 25 teams that are nine-plus wins. So what's the difference between being favored in 10 games and being projected to win 8.8? You're looking at one game versus the sum of the parts and all the analytics that go into that. Can we explain it? No. That's why we'll have BYU grad and ESPN analytics guru, a guy that helps work on the football power index, Paul Saban. He will join us coming up. You noticed something and tweeted out a little nugget the other day that Mm -hmm. got things going within the BYU-Utah rivalry along the lines of those ESPN-FPI numbers. So let's roll out some of those specific percentages, beginning with our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. ESPN Football Power Index gives BYU a 66.4% chance of winning versus Utah. Now, this was a few weeks ago. In the 50s, in the yeah, low like 50s. 54 or 57. I have no idea why this has increased to 66. What changed? We will ask Paul Saban coming up. I have no idea what changed. So BYU has two to one odds of beating Utah. So if they play three games, BYU's winning two. They would win two of them. What? In the current situation. This sounds good to me. Does it really? But BYU's lost six in a row. On the heels of last year, a good competitive game. I know Utah's down. Utah's a quality program, though. Like, they have had a five-win team come into Lavelle Edwards Stadium and beat BYU. Yeah. What was it, 2011? Yeah. Am I right? I may be off on that. But it, it, it doesn't, like, change. that number means almost nothing to me. I'm just wondering why it's gone up. If BYU beats Utah, would you lean more toward BYU winning 10 games in the regular season? No. I'm projecting nine with a win against Utah. With a win against Utah. Because Utah and Boise State are my two wins in the Furious Five. I think LSU, Wisconsin, and Mississippi State are games that you're really going to have to bring. Well, you're going to have to bring in all five. And then there's a slip but, up somewhere else along the line. Yes. For nine and four. Obviously, I, I, ho- I don't hope for slipping up. I'm just Sure, sure. Yeah, right? no, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There, there is a difference between what you want and what you think will realistically happen. Yeah. Some, someone's got to be somewhat rational here. <laughs> right? Even, <laughs> even though it is... What are you suggesting, Jerem? What are you suggesting? Wait a minute. I'll give you credit. You have helped my, you have helped my rationale well, come I, to a more even texture. It doesn't have to. Whoa, texture. <laughs> we, before we did the show, we said we were not going to use fancy words like texture. <laughs> this is not the Harris Fine Arts Center. This is BYU Broadcasting. BYU though. is benefiting from the fact that they get to play a 13th regular season game with the Hawaii exception. That changes everything, right? So they can I still. I would say eight. Technically, instead, yes. They I would have said eight. Technically, win 10 games if they get bowl eligible and win a bowl game going nine and four in the regular yeah. season. Last year, our discussion was this I said eight in the regular season, which is what it was, right? Or did I say seven? I might have said, said seven. seven. And you said nine. nine in the regular season, yeah. and it was eight. Yep. In fact, in our convo, I said, so that means it will be eight. 
And then it was. And then it was eight in the regular season. But we're pretty in sync on this, I think. We both think nine and four in the regular season is the likely outcome. Yeah. Exceed expectations. That would be fantastic. That's scarier to me than anything else is that we agree on this. I know. (laughs) I know. It's just weird. I could see 10. I could see eight. It's eight to 10 somewhere. Any variance from that will be shocking to me. Now, of note, in this ESPN FBI, while BYU's percent chance of beating Utah goes up to 66.4%, the other three games that they are projected to lose, the Cougars statistically are not – I mean, it's not close. Like, Let's I think look. the best chance they have is, what, 28% in one of those LSU, 13.5%. Wisconsin, 25%. Mississippi State, 28%. So, look, two or three of those are away from Provo. Obviously, LSU and Houston, but that's like BYU playing in Vegas. It's like five hours away from Baton Rouge. Wisconsin at home is on the heels of LSU and Utah. I think that's the toughest game of the season, and I think it's the toughest opponent anyway. I think if you played... Boise State in that third game, it'd be crazy tough given the physical and emotional expenditure of energy, right? And then, uh, yeah, Mississippi State, 28%. East Coast, granted, BYU, that's conference. That's not conference weekend. BYU have an extra day of prep for Mississippi State. Yes. If they want it. Listen, the Cougars just got to get win number one out of the way, Jerem, and we're that much closer to actual football. Countdown to the Viking. 36 days. Who's number 36? Um, no Markel Staffieri? I don't Staffieri? know. Staffieri? He played. He was number 36, right? He who, was number 36. Who was it, Matty? Bob Davis. Yeah, Bob Davis was good. Zane Anderson's current number 36. Zane Anderson. Rocking that number 36. Nice. Special Cougars, teams gunner. This day next week, BYU football will be practicing. Huh. People, we are so close. We are so close. Woo! Let's keep it rolling Last on free Twitter. weekend. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join BYU Sports Nation. How do the projections from FBI and Vegas affect your expectations for BYU football this season at Melocopter? Tweets in, they don't change my expectations. I know this team better than Vegas does. But Vegas knows, don't they? It's, that's true, but Vegas knows, Vegas they? has no emotion in the mix, though. <sighs> They're robotic that way. Are you questioning my logic? wealthy for a reason. Coming up, Marcus Allen makes a request from Jamel, Jamal Williams. <laughs> we'll take a look at Jonathan Tavernari's expectations for Eric Mika. What's trending on BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back on a Friday. This is BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our conversation is jumping on Twitter right now. Use the hashtag BYUSN and follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Coming up August 2nd from 8 to 9 Eastern time is a brand new show on BYU Radio. It's called Behind the Mic with Gregor Bell. It's going to be a ton of fun. You can listen to that on BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143, obviously, or the app. Stream it. Gregor Bell. Awesome. Our Twitter question today. How do projections from ESPN's Football Power Index and Las Vegas affect your expectations for BYU football this season? At Twiggy or Stone tweets in, no change. The prediction matched what I already thought this season would look like. Too many unknowns to expect more. There are a lot of unknowns. It's part of the fun, though. You think you know, and then you don't for the most part. Like, we think 9-4 and four is the record. A record a little easier to predict, like, who's going to lead the team in Russia? You know, 
How many of you predicted an 8-3-2 and two season for BYU in 1991 that ended with two ties? How many people predicted the 1996 season? <laughs> BYU goes 7-4 and four in three-way tie and for the WAC title and doesn't go to a bowl game and loses to Utah next year. They're 14-1 Cotton Bowl champs. Like, mm. That's the fun part now of Now, that's a memorable moment. Not to be confused with an unforgettable, unforgettable, forgettable, forgettable moment, moment. Yeah. which has sparked some there is interest a, on Twitter right now. I didn't mean to like bring up all this crap, essentially, from, <laughs> from fans, but people are like, ah, oh, Jay keeps fumbling at two dollars. What have you done, Jerem? We were just joking around with Iowa a time. Well, you have plenty of options for future segments. Unfortunately. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is BYU basketball great and current top-level professional hoopster in Italy, Jonathan Tavernari, who is in Vegas with his AAU team. Jonathan, how's the basketball in Vegas? It's great, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. It's, um, it's been fun watching these Brazilian kids. You know, uh, they're from the club that I grew up playing for. Kind of helped them uh, experience some of the things that I got to experience, uh, you know, when I came to the U.S. and I got to play AAU. Um, you know, I got to get looks from colleges this way. So it's kind of fun to, to be able to pass it on, you know, the same way that it was done for me. Do they have the basketball version of Joga Bonita as well? I wish, you know, they, uh, <laughs> they're learning that in America, you know, you got to, you know, games a little bit faster, a little bit more physical. So, you know, but it's a good experience for them. I mean, they are, you know, they're doing well in their league back, back in Brazil, back home. And so, you know, and, and they're, you know, they're loving the experience here. And, you know, and for me, this is, you know, I, I've never been a guy that wanted to coach, you know, I'm, you know, I'm very organized. You know, my, my whole thing is getting things done. You know, I'm grateful that, you know, this trip, excuse me, my, this trip has been so far, you know, has been, you know, hiccup free and, you know, knock on wood, I don't want to jinx myself, but I mean, everything is going smooth and, you know, timing and everything. So I'm, I'm grateful that everything is just, you know, just rolling around as it should. It takes a special skill set to be able to coach basketball while you're doing an interview on BYU Sports Nation. Are you sure you can handle the pressure today? Well, I'm not, you know, I'm not, um, I'm not coaching. Like I said, I'm just the money behind everything. And, <laughs> you know, I just got to make sure that kids get fed. And, you know, I, which is funny because I'm actually, you know, at the end of the day, um, I go and, you know, I do their laundry and I, I pull everything together and fold everything. And so, um, hey, how you doing? And, uh, you know, and so I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a team manager slash director of basketball operations slash, you know, face the program. So, you know, I'm, but what I don't know is, you know, you guys talking about prediction and pressure. How long do you guys predict that after I retire, um, both of you are going to have a job and BYU is not going to hire me to be, you know, the BYU <laughs> well, Sports Nation well, guy? Get in line behind Dennis Pitta. <laughs> I am much more personal than Dennis by a mile. So I can tell you that. He may catch a football better than I do. I guarantee you, though, that when it comes to doing this thing that both of you guys do for a living, you know, that's me, you know, that's me and that's Barry Bonds of a baseball bat. I'm just going to tell you that. Wow. You're on steroids? <laughs> I better say, I should have said Iron Judge. As soon as I said that, one, of these, one of these two fools going to say something about steroids. I do it. You knew it would be You Jerem. went there, man. You knew it would you be Jerem. You went there. Okay, you signed with the new team in Italy, Dynamo Sassati. This is a really good team in the, uh, in the top league. Tell us about this new team for you. So it's actually uh, it's, uh, Dynamo, not Dynamo. Uh, it's Dynamo Sassari. And, um, you know, I'm, uh, they, they tweaked the rules a little bit in Italy this, uh, well, they're not the last season. So 
Um, I'm considered a full Italian now in the first division. That's why, you know, the bulk of my career, I've been in the second division just because of bureaucracy. And I'll just change the rule, and, you know, I'm considered Italian, you know, and I'm, I signed up a big team. You know, I was probably one of the top two or three teams in Italy. And, uh, you know, we're going to play We're gonna play one of the European competitions, one of the cups, which is big. I mean, you know, yeah, we have, we have 12 play, you know, we have, we have 12 pros in our team. You know, we don't have no youngsters. Um, you know, we have 12 guys that can go. I mean, I am the only guy that in the last two or three years have not played in the NBA or the EuroLeague. And so it's, you know, it, it's a big, it's a big situation. I'm excited. Um, you know, when I spoke to the coach, um, he actually told us that, you know, the goal is to win all four competitions that we're going to participate. You know, we got to play in the, in the Super Cup, which is a rematch of the Italian League finals and the Italian Cup finals. Um, then we participate in the Italian Cup, also in the Italian League, and then we get to participate on the, you know, in the Champions League. So we, uh, the bracket is, I think, you know, our, our, our regular bracket, we go to Russia, we go to Spain, France, Germany, uh, Greece, and then uh, we also go to Israel. And then there are a couple more teams that we have to find out where, you know, who we played and where we go. But it's exciting. I mean, it's by far the biggest team I ever played on. You know, the pressure is, the pressure is also on. And, you know, you got to welcome it. And I'm, I'm excited and looking forward to playing, you know, playing alongside guys that, you know, played in the NBA, played in the highest levels in Europe. And, you know, and hopefully, hopefully we can win a few championships. So, and plus I get to leave an island. And it's, a, you know, big time beach, beach island. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Jonathan Tavernari, world travels with Jonathan Tavernari for that matter, as he takes a spot on the roster with Dinamo Sassari, part of the Series A League in Italy. Jonathan, it seems only fitting that Eric Mika, who served his mission in Italy, has now signed to play in that same league. What was your reaction to Mika signing to play in that same league as you? I mean, I, I, you always knew. I mean, you always knew that, you know, he, if he ended up overseas, he would be in Italy. He speaks the language. Uh, Italians eat that up really well. And so it was just it was just a matter of time of happening. You know, obviously the time with it is a little bit up for debate. And I don't want to get in a, in a, you know, in a merit to that. You know, I think my opinion is pretty well known um, about the subject. But, you know, he, you always had you always had that. You always knew that he was going to end up there. You know, him and his wife served in the Rome mission. Italy has two missions, the north and south, which is uh, the north is the Milan mission. It goes to about a little bit uh, under Florence. And then the south mission that covers all the south of Italy throughout the island, which includes also Sardinia, which is where Sassari is. And then um, Corsica, um, Alba, where Napoleon um, was uh, exiled, Sicily, obviously, so... You always knew that, you know. I mean, they both were there. I mean, they're both were there at the same time. They spoke the language, and so uh, I think it was just a matter of where he would go. I mean, there were rumblings about him signing with a couple of teams in the second division, uh, you know. But he, you know, as a as coming out of college, signing the first division, excuse me, signing the first division team. I mean, that is that's pretty impressive. You know, that's a, that's a nice situation. When I got out of college, I you know I, I was able to sign a three year deal with a first division team, and so it's um, you know it's. It's a good situation for him. You know, the team, you know, it's um, last year they almost folded um, because of uh, financial problems. Um, you know, they, they, they have constantly have had financial problems you know, for the last, for the last bulk of the last year. You know, about well, 10 years ago. You should request to be paid in cash. Is that what you're saying? Well, it's not that he's getting paid in cash. I mean, you know, obviously you have a bank account and you know, they're going to deposit the money there or, you know, wire over here. 
you know, I, you know, I get my money deposited in Italy because if they send it over here, um, anything that you get deposited more than 10000 in your bank account, uh, Uncle Sam with the IRS kind of raised the flag. So you kind of got to, you know, tweak a few things here and there. So, um, but it's just financial problems, sponsors being late. You know, I mean, I like, think about this. I still haven't got my check for May, and we're in July. And so and that's pretty, you know, that's pretty common for Italy. Um, it's very, you know, very seldom that you find a place that pays you on time. I mean, I'm excited that Sassari does that. Um, but it's, you know, I, overall, he's going to get some burn. He's going to get some playing time. Um, you know, they, they signed him. I know that because I got a chat with his coach. I got a text with his GM. Um, they called me asking about him. So, um, you know, they're very much looking forward for him to be their side. You now they're, they're starting five men and, you know, you'll be able to get a lot of playing time. And uh, I think that's the only thing you can ask for in a situation like that. Hey, what's the score of your game there? I, uh, I plead the fifth. I mean, actually we're, <laughs> we're down, we're down, we're down 46 to 13, but you know, it's, I'm just proud of these kids because they're doing the right thing off the court. Um, you know, a couple of co- a couple of coaches that um, came and you know they're kind of around here and they said, "Hey, are you having right to play the BYU?" They recognize my name and so, you know, I'm right now I think the most important thing beyond you know caring about results is just make sure that these kids are having fun and they're working hard. They're getting to experience a culture, you know, you know outside of their own and um, you know and and just you know acting like good young men. And, the rest will take care of itself. You know, the hard work will take care of itself on the court. And so I'm just, just trying to provide them for a good experience. So, but let's go back to this because 46 13, I mean, they're, they're trying to get me to put my shoes on to go over there and try to. <laughs> <laughs> try to Jonathan Tavernari, the sharp shooter, set for another big season in Italy, is with us on BYU Sports Nation. A lot of people aren't willing to do what you do, Jonathan, and that is have an outspoken, very clear opinion. And whether people like it or not, there is value in that because it's unique. What do you anticipate your first matchup will be like with Eric Mika because you were so outspoken about his decision to leave early and go pro? Well, it, it, I, th- I think there was a misconception on that. And when I went public to this whole thing, I think the pro- it just it's how I, I portrayed the message. You know, um, everything, that I, everything that I said came to pass. I think how I delivered, I was wrong. I was tired. I was annoyed that I had, you know, I had a bigger offer than, than Sassari on the table and it didn't fall through. But, you know, it, that's why I came around and, I, you know, I gave the public apology. I talked to Eric. Um, he and I spoke. I apologized to him directly. Uh, same way I apologized to a few other people personally. And so, but basketball-wise, you know, I everything that I said was on point. And, um, you know, but my personal opinion about it. And like you said, I know what I'm talking about because everything that I said was going to happen, it did. And so how I delivered the message was not right. And, and hence, that's why I apologize. And I made sure that I got in front of him and said, Hey, you know what? I, I went a little bit above beyond. And I told Eric that, you know, and he understood that he's a smart guy, you know, and, uh, do I have to look forward to? No, I mean, I'm looking forward for the trip that, you know, am I looking, is that going to be the highlight of my season when I get to play against Eric? No. You know, because uh, we have bigger fish to fry. You know, they're going to be fighting to just stay in the first division. You know, they're they're a, a much smaller team than we are. We have, you know, we're worried about trying to win Champions League, trying to move on to the Euro League, trying to win the Italian Championship. And so it will be fun to see him. Um, you know, and, and just you know, exchange a few words. I mean, he is an alumnus of where I'm an alumnus, 
you know, um, I did wish that he would have continued his career, you know, to further the program a little bit more and kind of help get BYU basketball where it should be, where, you know, it is winning championships and it is, you know, making the NCAA tournament. Um, he chose to do otherwise. Um, you know, I, I guess my, um, you know, my wishing that he would come back is the same of a lot of fans. Um, I do understand his perspective of trying to be a pro. I get that, um, you know, and so, but I, um, I wish him the best of luck. And I know, you know, obviously he's going to be cultured, um, you know, let's just say broken in. A lot of times Americans have a hard time adjusting to the new culture. I mean, if somebody says that it's not like that, they're lying to you because it is a cultural shock. It is a very different um, mannerism. I mean, think about this. Italy closes down the entire country from about noon or 1 o'clock in the afternoon to about 3.30 or so, so they can take their little afternoon nap. And so it is a very different culture. Um, yes, him and his wife are going to be acclimated to that as well. And, um, you know, I you know, I wish him the best of luck. And, you know, I think it will be fun to see him play. And we'll probably snap a picture. Um, I know the league already contacted me about, you know, how do I feel about having another Mormon playing in Italy? Because up to this point, I've been the only one in the top three leagues that has been a member of the church. Um, you know, every time that they had an activity or they had something with the Rome Temple, um, I got invited because, you know, I was the only, you know, um, high-profile athlete in the country that, that is a member of the church. So it will be fun to kind of have, have him there as well and go through these things with me. Um, you know, it's, it, it's interesting when, you know, like when we were there and, you know, Andrew Morona was being pulled to the Rome Temple and all these kinds of things. So you get to participate on that. And, you know, I know that it will be special for him because he served his mission there. And um, so I, you know, I, I wish him nothing but the best of luck. We have about 30 seconds. What do you want Jimmer Fredette to do with the next step in his career? Do you want him to go to Europe? I actually want him to uh, agree to, to, be, uh, to play in the basketball tournament with me. That's my next step because I've been trying to get a team together for a few years now. And, <laughs> and, he, and he goes and puts a team for that together. And I'm telling you, man, if you get him, Brandon, uh, Charles, me, Ty, Lee, Trent, place it. Spencer. I guarantee it. I, you know what I mean? I guarantee you that it's going to be uh, – we can win the thing. You know, and you have a lot of guys like now you have Eric. Now you have, you know, you have Chase Fisher. And I guarantee you that if you get all of us in that, together in the same gym, you know, we can win the thing, you know, and I don't care what anybody else says, you know. And so that's my, that's my, uh, that's my next uh, suggestion for Jim's career. Because, I mean, he's made his, he made his millions, you know, he is the lonely master, you know, lowly chef, whatever they call him over there in, uh, in, uh, in Japan. Or in, in China. China, excuse me, so. So he may, you know, he he's set for life. Him and uh and uh and uh, Wesley, his little daughter and uh and Whitney, they're set for life. So I just hope that you know he accepts for us with a few other things together and kind of, you know what, kind of give a little bit of credit to Coach Rose because let's all be let's all be honest over here. If it wasn't for for, for Dave Jack Rose, none of us would be playing where we are right now. None of us would be who we are right now. And you know, and, and so every, I mean, I everything I, I a lot of what I have right now I owe to Coach Rose and. I make sure that, you know, credit goes where credit is due. And I'm a loyal guy, and, you know, I, I appreciate everything he has done for me. Okay, you can't get this job if I say 30 seconds and you go 90. We'll have to work on that later, okay, brother? <laughs> hey, um, when, you get, when you get to be me, you get to do a lot of things that people say you can't do. So let me just tell you that, all right? So, you know, 
Let's go a little bit longer, but just just remember that. Jonathan, great to talk to you, man. Good luck in Italy and in Las Vegas with your team. For that matter, we'll talk to you again soon, man. Hey, I don't know how many times i got to ask you guys, invite you guys to come to my house. I mean, just look it up, Sasser, and what he looks. And if you guys don't come from that, then you know what? I'm retiring next year and doing my life mission to just take both of you guys to the job at the same time. Okay. <laughs> Aim higher. <laughs> Aim higher. See ya. <laughs> Thanks, Jonathan. See you, man. Jonathan Tavernari on the Deseret First Credit Union. Hotline Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Still on the way, ESPN analytics specialist Paul Sabin joins us. How many wins will land BYU in the top 25 at the end of the season? BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by Tecano's Brazilian Grill. Escape the ordinary. Happy Friday once again. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere. Just spoke with Jonathan Tavernari, who is in Vegas, but set to play in Italy at the highest level against Eric Mika. Yeah, interesting comments, as always, from Jonathan Tavernari. You can download the podcast if you want to hear those, or our conversation about the ESPN Football Power Index and what it's telling us about potentially 10 wins, BYU's chances at Mississippi State, LSU, Wisconsin at home. Why did the Utah percentage go up? There's a lot of yeah. questions there. Download the podcast. Our position previews for 2017 BYU football continue today with the guys that 100% play a defining role in determining the outcome of each game. The field position battle is enormous in college football. But again, it's not something that's paid a lot of attention to because it's not on highlights. So these guys generally don't get the hero points, but honestly, they deserve some more. They get actual points, field goals. The special teams. And we'll start with the field goal kicker, Rhett Almond, who is back after a pretty solid season in 2016. Yeah, he had the fourth, fourth highest field goal percentage in a season in BYU history. He was good. Won the Toledo game. Obviously took over for Jake Oldroyd after Oldroyd was injured. Oldroyd on a mission now, I believe, in Brazil. So Red Almond's the guy. Rhett went through an interesting time early in the season. Struggled against Arizona. Jake Oldroyd comes in. He's the hero in his first collegiate kick. Oldroyd stays with Utah. Then you mentioned gets hurt. And then Allman comes back in and has to overcome that mental barrier and did a good job doing so. So he's back. It's good to have experience as the kicker and the punter, of course. Hashtag fourth and no more with Johnny Linehan, who is projected to be one of the best punters in all of college football. Yeah, he's become a good punter. It's nice to know what you have coming back and expect uh, to be good there. Field position battle, and I talked a little bit about this. Like If, you, if you, your average starting field position is better than your opponent in a given game, you generally win. Yeah, it, it matters because if your offense is struggling, yeah, field position is a big deal. It really is, and it's nice to have a uh, capable punter back there. The holder and contributor to BYU Sports Nation, Gavin Fowler. That's, this is Blaine's kid, Gavin. A uh, couple bros, right, that have played on the team, which is awesome. Uh, yeah, Gav's the, uh, Gav's the guy. He's the holder. It's important. You don't want to notice him. And what would we be doing if we didn't mention the long snapper, Matt Foley, who helps out so much speaker! with Johnny Linehan and Rhett Almond? He's living in a van down by the river on a steady <laughs> diet of government cheese. Not to mention the kickoff guy, Corey Edwards, who's a grandson of Lavelle, by the way. Um, and then the kick and punt returners. Aleva Hifo had the majority of the kick returns last year. Mike Hanneman, Jonah Trinneman, Trey Dye, Michael Shelton, Kavik Fonua, all listed as potential 
Kick or punt returners? It's been a long time since BYU had an explosive special teams returner. But when they get one, man, is that really fun. Now, those guys can. They have the capability of getting a lot of attention as part of the special teams. you got to be a make-a-miss guy and then speed. What did Marcus Allen tweet about Jamal Williams? He got a request from an NFL MVP for some swag. Details on that coming up next. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Our daily rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's just more fun to read the the welcome back in the 1940s newsreel voice, isn't it? Luckily, we don't have to do that. Fall camp preview, BYU Sports Nation, we got you covered. It's next Wednesday, the day the guys report. Practice is next Thursday. But next Wednesday, July 26th, noon to 1 Eastern time on BYU TV, BYU Radio, we will preview fall camp, get you ready for the 2017 edition. How about this on social media yesterday? Marcus Allen, NFL Hall of Famer, Super Bowl MVP running back for the Oakland Raiders, tweeting at J Swag Daddy in response to a Jamal Williams tweet where he said, hey, get your swag because he's got a new line of products. New website. He's a professional athlete, new website. Marcus Allen tweets, extra large for me. Hey, J Swag Daddy is a big deal, man. How cool is that? That's awesome. A guy with that much street cred says, I want to wear your T-shirt. I-, I want something. What we need next is to get Marcus Allen some bony fuller gear. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we need next. Can you imagine? He's, he's wearing bony. rotating between his <laughs> J-Swag gear and his bony fuller gear. That'd be pretty good. Uh, hey, I bet he'd take it if we just sent it to him. We get bony on board for that. You know Boney's the man. That would be fantastic. <laughs> Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline to discuss numbers. Crunching analytics, if that's even a thing. ESPN Sports Analytics Team and BYU graduate specialist for the worldwide leader, Paul Sabin. Paul, nice to have you back on the show, man. Thanks for having me back. You got it. In a nutshell, for those that are new to the program or may have not heard the description, or frankly for Jeremy and I, because we probably need a refresher course on all this too, what is the ESPN Football Power Index and why should we really care about it? Yeah, the FPI, as we sometimes call it, it's a predictive measure. Um, So the point is to rank teams based on how they'll do going forward. So if you look at the number, BYU has an FPI 4.9. That just means on a neutral field, we expect them to be 4.9 points better than an average team. Um, So you can compare teams' FPI, and that's how you would expect them to perform against other teams um, on a neutral field. Gotcha. Okay, so BYU's, I, I see BYU favored in 10 of these games. They're 50.1% plus. Um, but the win total is projected at 8.8. What's the difference there? The 8.8 is the average number of wins. We do 10,000 simulations of the season. And on average, BYU wins 8.8 games. Um, favored, you know, that's kind of a loose term. Okay, so you're more than 50% likely to win but if we had three games and you were favored by 66 percent or two-thirds on average you would win two of those games yeah but you're favored in all three gotcha and that's the exact number for the BYU Utah game which brings me to this question a few weeks ago (laughs) that number was in the 50s now it's at 66 percent what happened between now and then to change that number 
Yeah, so we um, occasionally in the off-season will update our numbers, and the preseason numbers are largely based on a lot of fill steals, um, returning starters, returning quarterback, returning coach. And so I think some news came out either about BYU and Utah about returning starters, so I think we have more than he originally thought, and so that affects how good he thinks we are. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're favored. It's not the you know, we're on a six-game losing streak, but, but we've been favored against Utah before, so let's not, you know, get too excited until the game is played. Uh, just to clarify, BYU now has the advantage because there are more starters on the Cougars' side compared to Utah. Is that what you're telling us? Well, it's, it's, a complica- it's, it's kind of complicated, but that's one of the factors is how many returning starters, your returning quarter- quarterback, how well you did last year and the previous four years, but mostly how well you did last year. Um, and if you look at last year, we fin- BYU and Utah were almost identical at the end of the season in FPI. And so I think uh, we have more returning players than they do, and so that impacts us. And we're at home. So obviously that is another factor that we should be, since we're pretty equal, we should be favored at home. Paul Sabin, ESPN analytics specialist and contributor and a BYU fan. Don't forget it. <laughs> when you look at the 8.8 wins, Paul, that compared to the rest of college football, is 23rd nationally in terms of an overall number. But BYU is 42nd right now in the FPI rankings. What will it take for BYU to finish as a top 25 team? Yeah, so, I mean, the polls, they really care about wins and losses, right? And so we have the strength of record metric. And and once we start playing games, you'll see that on the website where we are, and that'll be very close to what the pollsters um, will, where they'll rank us. Um, but, you know, 8 and 8 is the projected. So if, if BYU plays better than they're expected to um, against these teams, they'll move up. And so 8.8, my guess is if they win 10 out of these 13 games, they'll be ranked at the end of the season. Um, but that, that means, you know, they have to win three, hopefully three of the big five games uh, that they have on their schedule. We call them the Furious Five because we really the Furious love Five. Um, Panda. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we love alliteration. We love, yeah, and we love alliteration. Um, there, the three games BYU is not favored in or whatever, fifty point one percent plus, are uh, LSU, Wisconsin, Mississippi State. How do you come up with the win probability number in a nutshell? Yeah, yeah. So it is basically it's your FBI rating versus the other team, and then there's adjustments based on how many days rest you have and the other team. High, home away, neutral, how far you have to travel. Um, so LSU, I mean, it's a neutral site game. They're number 10 in FPI, but it's only semi-neutral. I mean, the, it's just a couple hours drive from Baton Rouge, right? So it's, it's a pseudo-road game, and that's being captured in the low percentage chance to win there. Um, and you'll see Mississippi State is only 33rd, but we have to play them on the road. So we have about the same chance of beating them on the road as we do of playing a better team, or at least we expect to be a better team in Wisconsin at home. So if we, you know, are to look at numbers from a strictly neutral field position, is there somewhere we can look at those uh, with your analytics? Like if BYU were to play LSU uh, not an hour away from Baton Rouge, or if BYU were to play Utah at a neutral site or Mississippi State at a neutral site, like are there numbers Mm -hmm. out there that, that BYU fans can look at? Yeah, so it's actually pretty simple. So the FPI number BYU right now is a 4.9, and LSU is a 17.5. So on a neutral field, 17.5 minus 4.9, 
Um, whoa, um, whoa, whoa. Four. Too much math. Wait, hold up. <laughs> 12.6. Yeah, it's 12.6. So that is the expected result on average on a neutral field against LSU. What do you mean? So 12. Because, what does that mean? 12.6 what? That's on average. If you know, Points? We only have one chance to play the game, but if we got to play the game a bunch of times, on average we would we expect to lose by 12 points. Mm. Um, but if we played Utah, for example, they were 1.5 and we're 4.9. Right now we're expecting BYU to be about 3.5 points better than Utah on a neutral field. Interesting because the line in Vegas is 3. How about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah how about that? Good stuff, Paul. Uh, we always appreciate the time, man. Um, I don't know how in the world you do all of this. And we're, and we're just going to call you if we have a math question. Like, unrelated <laughs> FBI, we'll just be like, hey, what's this minus this? I don't have my TI-86. Is that okay? Yeah, my, my, my relatives do that all the time. So won't be anything <laughs> That's awesome. Paul Saban, analytics specialist and contributor to ESPN in the Football Power Index. FPI says BYU's strength of schedule is 72nd. And we'll wrap up the conversation here, Paul, with that SOS. What goes into compiling a strength of schedule? Yeah, so we pick a, a baseline team, and what we do is pick like an average top 25 team, and we say if they played our schedule, how hard would it be for them? And we do that for everybody in the nation. How hard would just this generic team's um, schedule be if they played ours or Utah's or LSU's. Um, so if an average top 25 team played our schedule, it would be about 72nd hardest um, in the country versus, you know, if they played, you know, LSU schedule, obviously the SEC is going to be a lot harder than ours. I always feel educated, and it's nice to be educated on a Friday. Lots to think about numbers-wise over the weekend, Paul. Thanks for the time, man. No worries. Take care. You got a Paul Saban analytics specialist, ESPN Sports Analytics team member on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Yeah, most of that makes sense, you know, but I, I really do like the win probability in a given game. That's fun. It's fun to see. It it's, gives it's different context than, to every game. Right, and that's, and that's why we discuss, like, you know, lines on games, just because it's some kind of context. And it's interesting to see what the win percentage or not is. Ken Pomeroy does this for hoops, but sometimes you throw it out the window. Like, Utah Valley was a 1% win probability chance against BYU in basketball, and won. Like, that's sports. And sometimes it stinks, and sometimes it's awesome. Yeah, I really enjoyed the neutral site comparison, too. I want to go back and do that for all of BYU's opponents. Coming up, a Friday edition of our Elite Tweet, and a BYU Major Leaguer hits the Big Apple. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to today's guests, Jonathan Tavernari, who apparently has thrown his name into the hat for wanting to take over my job or Jeremy's job or both of our jobs. Get in line. Along with uh, Dennis Pitta, John Beck, Brian Logan. Brian's a part of our team. Yeah, Brian's. All these guys are welcome, but so, I'm sorry. Yeah. Get in line. Anyway, great show. Thanks to all of our guests. If and you if missed any of it, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Cougars in the NFL. Arizona Cardinal linebacker Alani Fula reports for training camp today. Hashtag feed Alani. Meanwhile, in Cleveland, Browns rookies and Kainakua report Sunday. Cougars in the PGA. Zach Blair and Daniel Summerhays are in the second round of the Barbasol Championship. Make sure you're clean-shaven. Zach is currently 700 through 14 holes and is tied for sixth place 
Daniel Summerhays is currently four under through 14 holes, tied for 30th. Somebody get Chester the Cat out of there. Golf. Kendra Dalton won the 2017 Utah Golf Association Women's Stroke Play Championship. That's wordy. Victory. Shooting a 70 and 74, fellow Cougar Rose Huang took second, one stroke behind Dalton. Congrats. Women's basketball. I shot 74 on 13 holes yesterday. (laughs) BYU announces the addition of grad transfer Malia Nawahine. From the University of Utah, eligible to play right now, 2017-18 season. She averaged just under 10 points a game last season. Cougars in the NBA. Or the WNBA. And Jen Hampson had a rebound and a block shot in an 85-61 Indiana Fever loss to the San Antonio Stars. Cougars in the Major League. At Bruggy 4, Jacob Brugman and the Oakland A's play in Queens, New York tonight against the Amazing Mets. 7-10 Eastern time. Good luck, Jacob. Cougars in the minors. Jacob Hanneman went one for three with a run, walk, and stolen base, and an Iowa Cubs lost to the National Sounds. Maybe Jacob will be the one to get a BYU 50 bucks. And Brendan Lund went one for five in an Inland Empire 66ers loss to the Vesalia Rahai. <laughs> Baseball. <laughs> Daniel Schneeman. Sicka, sicka, slim Schneeman went two for three, and Keaton Kringlin one for four with a double for the St. Cloud Rocks and a loss to the Duluth Huskies last night. Soccer. Ashley Hatch and the North Carolina Courage play FC Kansas City tomorrow, 8 Eastern time. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Goes to Jonathan Tavernari, aspiring BYU Sports Nation host, wannabe coach, wannabe Jimmer Fredette teammate again. I believe his exact words were, <laughs> my life mission after I retire from professional basketball is to take over your jobs. And you said, aim higher. <laughs> aim higher. You really can. <laughs> aim higher. Don't dip, BYU Sports Nation. Don't dip to this level. You remember that? Aim high. Air Force. Ours no. is aim higher. BYU Sports Nation. Yeah, do better than we do. <laughs> Twitter question today. How do projections from the ESPN FPI and Vegas affect your expectations for BYU football this season? Our elite tweet of the day from at McMinn5. How does Vegas projections affect my expectations for BYU this season? I'm putting it all on blue, baby. Hashtag no wagering. That's right. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. The show is on demand on BYUSN.com. Next week, we've got football practice next week. We got practice, baby. Actual football in the Provo. Audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Tom Easley. BYU Sports Nation back to work on Monday. Football returns next week. Woo! Hashtag betting is wrong.